0: I'm Jonathan Platt, and you're listening to Direct Line Conversations, the podcast. Nobody makes it to the top alone. Now, you don't even have to try. Your journey to a life filled with purpose and leadership fueled by confidence begins right now. This week, my guest is 2021 Hall of Fame W.R. White Meritorious Service honoree, Mike Sims. Mike is considered one of the nation's leading authorities on sports equipment safety standards. He was recently inducted into the Southwest Athletic Trainers Association Hall of Fame, Baylor B Association Hall of Fame, and is soon to be inducted into his high school hall of fame. He graduated in 1980 from Baylor and has spent his career serving and bettering the lives of student athletes. Thanks for joining me to hear Mike's story and celebrate him together as the Baylor family. Here's my interview with Mike Sims. Mike, you are being honored this year as a member of the class uh, of 2021's Hall of Fame uh, awards. And uh, I'm so excited to have you uh, today and to uh, share your story with uh, the Baylor family. I'd love to give you an opportunity to tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, tell us about your professional life, uh, your personal life, uh, and what, uh, what it means to get to where you are uh, today from a Baylor student uh, to a successful professional?
1: Sure. I started off at uh, Cedar Hill High School, I graduated from high school. Well, up there it was a small town, which it's grown up now, and uh, came to Baylor, started working as an athletic training student in the program at the time, worked under uh, Skip Cox, who was running the show, and, and uh, Coach Tapp, obviously, was the uh, head coach at the time, and worked here as a student through that part and uh, went on up and finished my master's here. When I finished out, I started working as Skip's assistant. And then uh, skip one up in administration for a while. So I moved up to the head position and kind of watched the program go from there. For the longest time, there were two of us now. And I think there are 11 or 12 athlete trainers that are at Bader now. So the numbers have increased quite a bit. It was kind of fun going through the program, getting to, to meet so many people and, and, and see all the different uh, coaches, athletes, and all this that go through the program. It's been a, an interesting change in our profession, which we've changed from uh, you know just basically taping ankles, pouring water, this type of stuff, all been into more of an advanced medical field. Yeah. And it's been nice to see the advances in the, in the program, too. It's kind of fun to watch it as it goes through through the whole program and, and uh, you know, work through things. The, the best part of that I have had about the, is the people you get to meet along the way. You know, I'm a, trying to be a big people person. Uh, education is great. You have to have the education to get things done. But if you don't know how to relate to people and deal with people, it's, it makes it tough. You know, you work with the athletes on a daily basis, so when one of them gets hurt, that's your friend that's, that's hurt. Yeah. And you have to stop what you're doing with that. And, and go through and take care of their injury and, and plan ahead uh, and, and try to see what you do to either to get them back that week or what you can do to get them ready for next season. And so you deal with athletes in a, at a great time when you're winning and everything's great you've with a tough time when they're out and, and can't play anymore the rest of the year. And then you work with them, uh, too, to get them back. And one of the, one of the most uh, uh, interesting and most enjoyable part of the profession is when you have an athlete that is injured, he goes back and rehabs and works hard he gets back when he goes back out on the field. I'm probably more nervous than his mother is when he's back out on the field for the first time. Uh, but but that makes it uh, that's a fun part to see him get back with the back playing again.
0: Sure. Yeah. So uh, so you graduated uh, or you came on staff uh, as an assistant athletic uh, trainer in 80, correct? That's correct. Yes. Uh, and uh, then you graduated uh, the next year in 81.
1: Right. Yeah, well, yeah, that's why it was. It was a deal where, I actually, finished my my bachelor's in '80, finished my master's in, in the, the following year after that. Okay, very that's cool. I went, so I had finished my bachelor's
0: before I could actually go to work on staff. Very cool, very cool. Um, so you were uh, with the uh, with the athletic department as an assistant athletic trainer uh, for how long?
1: It's about what, four four or five years somewhere in okay. there. and
0: so, then when you so moved five. up, you were there for quite a while.
1: Yeah, I moved up in uh, really December '84. When I moved up and then skipped administration, and that's where it grew from, from that point. My uh, athletic training department started growing, just like all the departments of the athletic department started growing. Because they had more and more athletes to take care of and, and more and more responsibilities, so it, it grew from there. And I, that's where I worked up from the head athletic trainer to uh, uh, director of sports medicine to uh, assistant uh, AD for athletic training, all the way up to associate AD for athletic training when I finally retired from that position.
0: And what year did you retire from that position? In uh,
1: 2017.
0: 2017 and since 2017 in those uh do we count 2020 as a year do we say two years or three years since 2017
1: depending how you're looking at it age-wise oh. I think you count it twice <laughs> as as memory-wise you don't count it at all so yeah somebody told off.
0: me uh somebody told me the other day uh 2020 was the longest decade of my life and I thought that was pretty funny
1: it's pretty tough and there's a lot going through with that yeah uh, one thing in dealing with with 2020 what I'm doing now is uh uh working with a lot of the high schools at the, at the uh, physician office I'm working at now. So I got to visit a lot of the high schools working with them. So I've been working with calls about COVID and how to deal with COVID-19 and, and uh, how to uh, try to help your athletes avoid it and all this stuff the whole time. So when I was at Baylor resisting, because the NCW rules, I could not visit high schools. Now that's what my job is to go out and visit high schools. So that's changed over quite a bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how do you like that? I mean, I know you said you're a people person, what is it like working with college athletes versus working with high school athletes?
1: You know, college athletes, you take care of a lot of their injuries. You work with them. If they get injured. They get sick. I get calls. Uh, if uh, uh, something happens where they have a question about anything, I get a lot of times I get to act like the mother for them. You know, how do I do this? How do I wash clothes? Which I tell them to go buy a box that has a direction on the back and um, and work with them on that. In the high school, you, the parents run the show and everything, and so you see, you know, this is what you have. This is what I recommend, and you they make the decision. They go from there. So it's right. been a really different process as far as what you can do and, and who makes decisions on what you're dealing with adults in college you're dealing with minors in the in the high schools
0: yeah so speaking of uh, high school when you were uh you know an upperclassman in high school you had to make a decision about where to go to college uh you ended up choosing baylor what what pushed you towards that decision what helped you make that decision uh was it the athletics program was it just another interest that you had uh, or was it just a school you'd heard about
1: you know, I've advised a lot of people on different colleges, choosing colleges, what to go, what to do. they come in and used to visit with me if they're interested in an athletic training program or something else. And i tell them, you just know what feels like home. When you go to a place, and, and college is not an all deal where you're just looking around, you're trying to see whether you fit in at that situation. Each university has its own personality, I guess the best way to put it. Yeah. And, and I just, it just felt like it was home. I've been some other places, too, and, and I, it, it was nice. It was pretty, nice, fancy facilities. But coming to Baylor... You just feel like you know, you felt an immediate a peace about you when you when you got here, and that's yeah, what I've yeah. told people. People come ask me what makes Baylor special, and I tell them it's the people. Yeah, you, know, you can everybody can, have, everybody can have fancy buildings, everybody can have all the nice stuff like this, but it's the one-on-one people relationship that you develop while you're here, and that's what your long-lasting uh, uh, goals are, and what your long-lasting uh, uh, memories are of the university is not how nice the uh, facilities were. All this but it's it's who you met who you who met along the way when you're going through baylor
0: right right uh speaking of that um when you were at baylor in and you know i i very much agree with you that baylor is uh a, such a special place because of the people um i've been very blessed to have some very excellent uh role models and mentors and guides uh when you were uh, at baylor could you uh, remember and name some of those people who pushed you along through those four and five years uh, in uh, in your student career?
1: Sure, the first one had to be Skip Cox. He worked with me for uh, you know when I came in as a, as a young freshman, really wet behind the ears, not knowing what was going on, to bring yeah. me up to level what I do. And I use things that I learned from him all along. So he had to be one of the better ones that that really guided me through the process. And then that uh, another one I'd be Grant Taff. He brought me through uh, just. Uh, How to work with people, how to take take care of people, and and how he handles this whole process, just the maturity level he works through. Bill Menifee was the athletic director, and it's always great to work with him as as, uh, he had a lot of experience, a lot of uh, nice memories with with working with him on different projects and stuff. And and then all the different, uh, you know, after Coach Taft moved up to the athletic position, have different coaches came through, just working with them, seeing how they all have different philosophies, how they all do things differently. Some work, some don't. Uh, Some situations uh, cause certain areas you have to deal with. and and, and there's so many different ways of doing things. I guess, you know, when I first came on and started taking the head position over. I was trying to run and control everything else. I finally had to learn you got to trust your people that you're working with. And but you get you hire great people, put a position, and just get out of the way. And that allows you to really, uh, uh, you know, allows them them to shine and allows you to shine too because they're working yeah. with your program. It's all makes it good rather than trying to do a micromanage deal. Just just you know, if I stay out of their way, they do a lot better job than I do.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's. Man, that's great advice. Um, since, since we're here, uh, talking for the hall of fame festival for 2021, uh, you're being honored with the, uh, the WR white meritorious service award this year. Um, and, uh, I just wonder what that award means to you. What does it mean to, to get that call, to see your name, uh, on the announcements? What, what does it mean to get this award?
1: You know, any kind of awards you get, especially the ones that come out, uh, for this this type of setting it really means a lot to you because it's what you've done and the people you've influenced and who you've worked with along the way. Uh, I just one guy talk one time he was talking about uh, degrees stuff are nice and, and they're good you work for them and, and you get through and get your degree, but the ones that people honor you with that's just what you've done. The degree to, the degree that you get is just what you do. The uh, honors and awards from positions and things for things that you've done, people you've touched, the, the lives you've affected along the way, and uh, you know that's always an important thing is is. Uh, you know what you what you leave behind is is who you've touched and what you've done and, and and kind of that's that's a big part of it. That's what the award means is a lot because it's something that someone has felt that you've done that you've accomplished that helps out. I don't know that I've done that big of a deal, but if somebody does, that's why I'm sitting here now.
0: Well, I'll I'll say you have done a pretty big deal because this isn't the only award that you've received. You've also uh, been inducted into the Southwest Athletic Trainers Association, the Baylor B Association. Um, and then uh, you told us that you're receiving or you're being inducted into the Hall of Fame at uh, Cedar Hill, too, correct?
1: That's correct. They couldn't do the ceremony because of the COVID last year. So they're, we're just waiting on the ceremony for that.
0: I mean, uh, I, I certainly think that you're deserving of this award. Plenty of people uh, seem to agree. Uh, when, when you were at Baylor and you were here for you know, longer than uh, most students because you stuck around and had a career here, um, so when I say your Baylor career, I, I mean your student career and your professional career. Um, but while you were at Baylor, um, what's what's that coolest story that you had? What's that coolest experience, that one that no other Baylor student, you know, got to have? The one where you maybe rounded the corner and uh, Abner McCall was there, you know, or or you know, you got to have lunch with, with Herb Reynolds, or uh, you know, just anything interesting, unique, that just helped solidify even more that Baylor was, was the place for for you and your heart and and your family and your investment.
1: You know, the whole family has been involved in Baylor. My wife went to Baylor. Both my kids have graduated from Baylor. Son-in-law graduated from Baylor. Granddaughter doesn't know what she's going to do yet, but I already know that too. I just haven't told her (laughs) because it's big, it's a family deal. And and everybody's involved in it. Um, You know, like I've told you, it's the, the, the people that you meet and stuff along the way that's important things. And, uh, I always had a philosophy that we took care of the whole team in the training room, in the athletic training room, and everybody's on the team. Everybody in the school is on the team.
0: Yeah. And,
1: and so some of the fun things you do some of the people that you meet and, and the, the people you, that you see as you go along the way, anywhere from the, the different, uh, you know, university presidents sprains ankles, they come see him and see work with them on that. Or we, they'll have people, friends come by and say, hey, can you look at so-and-so's ankle? Can you take care of this deal? And, you know, we try to help them out along the way where we can. One of the fun times that they went to, and this just kind of goes a lot about what my philosophy is, I had a student that had got an award, and they could, they could uh, have somebody visit with them about the, or, and go to the ceremony about the award. So I went with them. There was about 10 people that were there. And we're visiting with people there. I started talking to different uh, presidents, chancellors, provost universities, people that I knew. You know, you're here a long time. You get to meet a lot of people. And I went and sat down, and uh, somebody hired me from the back. Looked back, there's one of the cooks in the kitchen I knew. So I got to and went back and talked to him. And one of the things that impressed me, that's what my philosophy is, you treat everybody the same. You take care of everybody. So I got up and went back and actually talked to him and spent time talking to him. Those are the things that you do. You get to meet the different people, not just the the, the big-time people, but the people that work with, uh, with, with the different people, do the different jobs through the university. And, and it's fun to have that type of a relationship because, you know, nowadays you cross paths with them all the time. And, yeah. and most time it's when they want to cast about an injury, but still there's something that you get to see who they are and cross paths. Them. That was an important thing to me. To, to You know, I didn't realize at the time because she said the them after, she said, you went not talk to him, just like, the best just stay. You treat everybody just the same. They're all you're, part of your life and it's part of what you do. That's what it's people that you touch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the last question I've got before we kind of go into some more like fun, uh, uh, rapid fire questions is um, what's been the most challenging part uh, in your success? And what advice would you leave behind uh, for those at Baylor right now? Uh, who are wanting to pursue that same level of success. The the motto that we use around Baylor Line Foundation is continue the legacy. So while we're incredibly uh, excited and honored to honor your legacy, um, we want to give you the opportunity to cast vision, uh, provide encouragement, you know, share some of your wisdom with that generation that's coming up so that they can then continue not only your legacy, but their legacy as well.
1: You know, I had a lot of students that worked with me. We, we, we have contact with all the athletes, but a lot of people don't realize that we have anywhere from 20 to 30 athletic training students that are doing through what they need to do to become athletic trainers. And those ones you really get close with because you're with them on a daily basis. and You put them in certain stressful situations and see how they handle it. And you pass a lot of your knowledge and, and your philosophy and that stuff on to them. And to see those succeed is one of the better things that you that, that, that you do. When those students go through and you succeed or you'll see something that you've taught them that they'll they'll put into action – Take care of the athletes. That's really an important part of what you do. That you pass things on to, and you and you, you see things. So, really, uh, I'm living my life now in athletics through them. Through different colleges, high schools, and and all this throughout the uh, the country. And that's always fun to see them succeed in doing things that that you feel like you guided them to. You know, working in athletic training, it's a it's a it's an interesting profession. We work with all the different athletes now. I always ask people, when do you play your game? Well, it's either at nights or on weekends. So. If you are going into this profession, you work a lot of nights and a lot of weekends. I always tell people that my wife, wife raised our kids while I was raising somebody else's kids because you work with them through, through the whole process and, uh, and do that. So, so athlete training is, is a seven-day-a-week deal, and you need to understand that going into it. It's not a deal that you do for the money. It's deal that you do because you enjoy what you do and you enjoy working with the athletes and being involved in everything. And, and that's, a, that's a good thing to do. That's the way most of your job should be. Find something you enjoy doing and go out and do that, and do it the best you can. And that way, you're enjoying what you're doing as you go through the process. It's not the situation where, you know, I, I, gosh, I have to be at work at eight in the morning. I can't wait till five o'clock because athletic training is not a, an eight to five business. We show up at different times. Depending on what time workouts are, we go on Saturdays. A lot of the games are Saturdays. We go on Sundays for treatment. Try to put everything back together after that, and, and try to work with it on that basis. And so, if you find out something you enjoy doing and do do it that way, the, the money situation usually will take care of itself. Yeah, and so that makes it makes it really good, and, and it's, it's fun to be in that situation where you're actually helping people. That's what I grew up and learned from from both mother and dad on on that process and, and, and going through the process with that. Now on Sundays, it makes it a little difficult when you go to church after a tough football game when everybody tries to ask you what's wrong with this athlete, what's wrong with that athlete. They be ready to play back and forth, and obviously you can't tell them all this stuff. But so I, I get beat up going down the hallways at churches. People asking one question after the other. that's a good thing to have. You have people interested in your team, what you're doing. That's a great thing to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, you ready for some rapid-fire questions? Be gentle. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. So how we do these is uh, we ask that you uh, don't think about it. Don't worry about it. Just, just give us that answer that comes to, comes to your mind, and uh, we'll, we'll go through these uh, together. So uh, this first question, probably a lot more relevant for you than, than most people. Um, When the pressure is building uh, and when your shoulders are hunching up and, you know, there's all that adrenaline rushing through your head, uh, what's that first thing you do to find your center and do that next right thing? What's that first thing you remind yourself of?
1: Take a deep breath and realize what you have to do to help the situation get past. You can't always go through in-depth finding out why something occurred. You take care of the problem then. You go back later when you have time to figure out why it occurred. And we deal with that regularly on the, on the field with different injuries, different people that are out and, and, uh, from games and stuff. And, and it's constantly moving back and forth. I've got this player that can't play. So you can let the coach know that. He has to adjust also and a lot of adjustments along the way.
0: Yeah. And, and
1: so you try to do that. And also try not to surprise anybody. If I have something that's going on an athlete that may not better play, I let the coaches know as quick as I can. So they can prepare their offense and or defense to adjust to that. So, but the the minimum one thing is you try to do what you do to make the best of the situation the way that it is. You weren't you weren't uh, you can't handle the hands you're dealt, but you can uh, you can adapt and do what you with the hand with the cards you have in hand.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, what's something that people get wrong about you?
1: Oh gosh, that's a tough question. I don't know. <laughs> really, I, 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 I don't know what the answer on that one is because I've. Uh, you know, it's interesting. When I came out of high school, I was very shy. I've had to come out of that now to, to do what I'm doing now. I guess a lot of people think I'm out and, and kind of crazy, and that may be right. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I like it. Uh, are you Are you all into any shows right now? Are you watching anything on Netflix, TV, Yellowstone, or, or NCIS? You know, we're kind
1: of, I guess, the best word to describe more the nerdy side. Yeah. My family is actually a Nielsen family a few years ago, and we and we had one regular network show they watched. The thing is going to be Discovery Channel, Learning Channel, and things like that. So, yeah, I guess it's more of a learning experience. Uh, wife, being an elementary school teacher, everything she did with the kids are growing up was always a learning experience. We don't just do things for the fun of it, it's got to be learned something out of it too. And that's yeah. kind of rubbed off on me.
0: Yeah, cool. I like it. Uh, what's on your nightstands? See, being in the nerdy family, are you reading anything?
1: Not much. Uh, stuff I do read, you wouldn't, wouldn't, Care much about mostly uh, some different technical stuff, electronic stuff. I deal with that just as a hobby and and yeah. ham radio. I mess with that some too. So
0: oh, that is you know, cool.
1: Programming a a, a a you know different radios that are around. Actually, was listening to the people flower on the space station a couple of days ago when it went overhead. I was listening to the people on the radio on
0: it. That's a whole other interview. We got to talk about that later. That's <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so uh, if you weren't in your office right now, uh, having to do this whole uh, interview. Uh, if you could be anywhere in the world right now, COVID doesn't exist, you know, money's no object, where would you be
1: right now? You know, I've had people that have gone out and asked me, where am I going to go when I retire? And I said, keep thinking, why go somewhere? Well, my friends are here. I know everybody here. I know places to go. This is the place to be. So, so it's, it's a great place to be. Uh, many of the students that I have, and, and the athletes come in, you know, oh, I'm going to go to Waco, Texas. And When it comes time to graduate, they're looking for jobs around here. They like to stay here and, and they like to be in this area. And, and so that, that's a, a good thing to go, to go with and, and keep it going. Yeah, uh, So, you know, that's always, it's always a, a fun thing just because you already know everybody here. Why, why try to move out and go other places? Yeah, you know, So, so, I, you know, I'd be here. Uh, we had a, this past Thanksgiving, obviously we weren't working any game stuff, the COVID stuff was going on. And so I left the house Thanksgiving morning about 7.30 and got back about 10. And they asked, where, where have you been? I said, well, it's uh, Thanksgiving. I went to football practice. I went to one of the high school football practices. because where I felt more at home on the side of the line of football field or football practice.
0: That's fun. Yeah. Um, What's some advice someone gave you uh, that you'll never forget?
1: You know, Skip has done once giving probably more advice on anything else, and, and he's the one that always says treat, treat everyone the same and take in, and and make sure you're you're, you're nice to people around. Uh, you see a lot of people that will try to move up in the world in positions, they step on people and they you know burn a lot of bridges going by. And that was a deal. You don't ever do anything like that. Yeah, you know, Get people to work with you rather than you fighting against them all the way up. And so it's the way you treat people, I guess, is the most important thing. And you've heard me say that a number of times in this deal. I believe a lot in that philosophy.
0: I I can definitely tell, and I certainly agree. Uh, What – you could pick anything. uh, What's your favorite meal?
1: My favorite what? Meal, meal, like food. Oh, meal? Yeah. Well, I'm from Texas. It has to be a steak.
0: (laughs) Steak or Tex-Mex? Those are the answers we get.
1: Either, either that or go to Georgia get a chicken fried steak, which is another big plus. So. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, last question. Uh, what are you deeply grateful for right now?
1: You know, I had to be grateful for the parents, my parents that worked with me to get me and, and taught me as I was going to do what I was doing, Grateful for the family members that have been involved in what they're doing. And, and, you know, when you're involved in athletics, family members have spent a lot of Christmas uh, days in hotel rooms because we have the different games that are going on that day. And, and so uh, more than once, the families had to order room service for their Christmas meal because that's a football practice. And, and so the support that you get from them, it makes you really grateful for how they they do the situation. And also for the people, um, you know, Coach Taft, Coach V and, and Skip for giving a position to move up as I did. I was real young when I went in as the head trainer at a, at a, at a university setting. Yeah. And just to have the faith in me and the trust in me to do things like I do the job. They, you know, they let they just let me do it and turned it over and, and just stayed out of the way and evidently it worked out okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. Mike, it was it was so great to talk to you. Um, I'm I'm so excited for uh, Hall of Fame Festival this year and uh, getting to honor you and the rest in your class. Um, and it has been just so great to spend a little bit of time with you and and learn just a little bit more uh, about your story. I, I can't wait to share this with everybody else uh, in the Baylor family. So thank you so much for spending this time with us. I'm Jonathan Platt, and you've been listening to Direct Line Conversations, the podcast brought to you by Baylor Line Foundation. You can follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And if you haven't, hop on over to wherever you're listening to this and follow, leave a rating, and a review. It really does help. Join me next week for another Direct Line Conversation.